Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the OCCTOs podcast. I am Marco, your host. And my guest today is actually a longtime uh, member and friend of our uh, community. Uh, Sergey has been around um, for a few years now with uh, joining us in the group. He's been a speaker at some of our um, uh, in-person events back when that was a thing. And uh, he's also been part of our um, you know, roundtable discussions. Uh, Sergey is the uh, CTO at uh, Sales Message. And uh, Sergey, I'll just let you uh, have at it and want you uh, maybe start by uh, introducing yourself, if you don't mind. Marco, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, let me let me give you an introduction um, in terms of what I do and and, and my current company. Um, so I'm as you as you mentioned, I'm a CTO and Chief Product Officer for a company called Sales Message. So Sales Message is a two-way platform, uh, texting platform uh, for small to medium businesses. Uh, you could think of us as a text service provider. So we're um, it, there's no official thing, but it that ought to be a text service provider is very similar to an email service provider. You could you could think of companies like Mailchimp and Constant Contact and Vertical Response and Set, uh, SendGrid. These are all email service providers. So the question usually comes up is, well, why can't I just directly text from my cell phone? I, I do it all the time. But that use case is more, more of a person-to-person uh, person texting. But the service or a business-to-person uh, to texting is a completely different ballgame. So we're the company that enables two-way texting for companies. And that's, uh, that's what the company does. And me uh, going back to just, just a broader introduction, besides what I do now, I'm a serial entrepreneur, started a number of companies as, uh, as either from completely from ground up or a late stage co-founder. This I believe is my sixth startup. So I, I, can, I can honestly say that, uh, that I'm certainly serial. You know, if you had more than two, they didn't even need to succeed, right? Now, as long as you had two companies, while you're a serial entrepreneur. Yeah, and I also uh, noticed that, uh, you know, in your background, you've also touched kind of the enterprise uh, world, uh, the, the corporate side, um, and, and yet you continue on the um, entrepreneurial route, which is obviously uh, fun for you. But, um, okay, great. Well, um, you know, maybe give us a little bit of your background in terms of, uh, you know, some of the stuff you've been up to in the past that has led you to some of your, um, you know, ventures and uh, how you kind of, um, you know, found success. Um, just t- tell us your story. So I started out more as a uh, uh, hardcore engineer, what, what I would call hardcore engineering sciences, um, electrical engineering, mechanical engineering. And uh, over time, um, after deciding that I'm going to do computer science as, uh, as my main profession, and uh, um, just an area of Area of uh, application that I, where I'm going to apply myself. I went. Um, I went to UCSD, got an engineering degree, um, and uh, just typical, typical engineering ladder. Um, senior senior developer and director of this, and the VP of that, and and CTO of this, and just smaller companies and larger and larger and larger companies. Eventually, um, I ended up uh, falling into and specializing in e-commerce and. And e-commerce 
in all its forms, really um, just working for uh, direct um, direct to consumer companies and uh, <clears throat> uh, direct to consumer and direct to business uh, companies like Nordstrom Macy's uh, Federated Set of Services. Um, being on all sides, being on all sides, really. Um, just building the software directly for the companies, but also eventually falling into the software as a service. So I, I either directly worked or consulted uh, for top five of top 10 SaaS e-commerce industry like um, uh, Volusion, um, uh, Shopify, um, um, Varian, which uh, later on became Magento, um, I worked for Lululemon uh, and number of number of different retailers. So again, being on the SaaS side and direct to direct to consumer side. So um, after falling in and staying quite a few years um, as an engineer in those companies, I I always had aspirations on <clears throat> running my own company. Then, but as a, as most of the engineers. Um, don't think that they don't have an acumen to run their own company, right? Because they're very technical. So I decided at some point that I'm going to get, I'm going to get a business degree. So I get a PhD in business and um, which in 2008 culminated with me started starting my own company. And uh, I had a, I had a string of startups. One of my startups um, I fell into from e-commerce. I went into more, um, more into uh, marketing and uh, came up with a couple of marketing platforms. One of those platforms got purchased by Capital One. So I spent a couple of years in Capital One, exited, exited that uh, after my, my time there and started yet another company. So that's, that's, my, that's, a, that's my story, right? So being an engineer and then eventually being a business owner and, and then just falling in love with, uh, with just building companies. Yeah, that's great. I have a follow-up question on that area, but I know uh, academia is a big portion of your background, and and I know uh, P, that your uh, business uh, PhD is one of uh, others. Can you maybe elaborate on some of the other um, adjacent uh, formal education stuff there? Sure. The so I again, as I mentioned, I started out as a, as an electrical engineer. So I I I had a BS in, in, in electrical engineering and then BA in computer science, then master's in computer science. Eventually I got a PhD in business and now I'm pursuing a master's degree in computer science from, from Harvard Extension School. That's awesome. You're probably one of the highest uh, educated uh, members in our group. So we, we, uh, we look for you, um, you know, for knowledge. Um, and I use I use education as a forcing function to explore well one to keep current and number two explore some of the areas which I I want to do research in but otherwise I wouldn't do so I'm just uh, I I usually get a degree along the way but uh, but I I use it as an opportunity to uh, to go deep on the subject that I'm really interested in. Okay, so actually about that um, sounds like in, at some point in your career you know, coming from a computer science background or maybe more of a technical uh, hands-on, somehow you decided to go into business and then now becoming a founder. Can can you walk us through kind of what that awe moment was or what led you to, um, you know, kind of steer in that direction? 
Um, so for me, I always wanted to own my own business, but that route to, uh, to ownership for me um, lay through, uh, through technology, right? So I started out on the technology side and then eventually reaching a pinnacle of technology as being a, C a CTO for the companies. But over time, I realized very early in my career, um, I, I realized when I was part of professional services after implementing the software and then going from company to company uh, where our software was implemented, I, I realized that um, there were a few companies that, uh, that were fairly sophisticated in terms of technology, but business-wise, they were not doing so well. And, and other companies who were fairly fairly dysfunctional on the technology side, but still did, did well. So I realized that technology is not and all be all. It's a foundational thing that the company needs to do well, but, but it needs to have a strong business foundation in order to grow. So I realized that the technology is not gonna, it could make the company unsuccessful, but all by itself, it's not gonna make the company successful. And especially that became the case further and further down the road when technology matured and just getting even complex things um, like hosting of your software and doing whatever it is that you wanna do uh, became fairly simple because you just, uh, you know, you apply, you use cloud, you build on top of the cloud and just not the things that we used to be complicated are much simpler now. So I just realized that uh, that business is or business strategy is really what's going to make the company successful or not. Obviously, it needs to be uh, it needs to be culminated with the execution and coupled with a good technology. But those are those are three legs of the stool that is going to make the business really successful. And uh, with that, I I I just knew that at some point I need to get a business degree and 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 run the company or really be part of the company at the founder level where I do understand all other components of the business. Yep, that's great. Uh, rounding up that whole uh, you know, full circle is certainly a constant uh, we hear with our guests and how you know, you're gonna have to balance both and be, be that link, right? Between the technology and the business. But, all right, well, uh, Sergey, so what are you up to at uh, Sales Message? Uh, what are you uh, presently challenged with? and? Uh, you know, how, how, how do you have fun over there? It's a, it's a great question. So at sales message, if you look at the problem and dealing with two-way texting, it, it is a surprisingly difficult problem. And the reason it's a, it's a difficult problem is due to both nature of the company, but also doing things at volume. So if you look at how sales message how sales message does what it does, it's integrated or, uh, or industry term OEM, which doesn't have its original meaning. It's the original equipment manufacturer, but at the end of the day, OEM means included. So the, the way that uh, majority of our customers use our platform is through the integrations. So uh, we're integrated into, into several, um, into, um, into several CRMs, um, and one of those CRMs, majority of our customers are actually on HubSpot. So if you, you could think of texting as a pie that gets divided into a three non-equal slices. Slice number one is using, using texting for support purposes, right? So 
I have a I have a question or a problem as a customer, and I need to text my uh, I need to text my provider, wh whoever that is. So that's one use case. The other use case is marketing. We see that texting is used a lot in marketing, um, and there is a there is a third slice, a third component to texting, and that's that component is is sales support. Now, from a sales support perspective, if you, if you think about the lead generation and the sales flow, um, there is a typical CRM system that's that's been implemented. It's either Salesforce or HubSpot or ActiveCampaign or a Pipedrive. There is one of those CRMs within the business. So sales message typically um, is integrated. The use of sales message platform is through the CRM. So we're integrated into the CRM. The lead comes in, or one of your customers needs a uh, needs a reminder, or needs or needs a reach out. And so our customers are using the CRM HubSpot or or Active Campaign to reach out. So as it turns out, it, it is a fairly difficult problem because the API for every platform is different. Every platform has its own rules in terms of how people integrate into it, in terms of what, what, and, what and how many messages can be, can be passed back and forth and uh, throttling and just some controls in terms of what they exert. And they're all different. So from an integration use case, that's fairly complicated. And, and also, what, what it, were we allowed to do and what we're not allowed to do from a, from a message frequency and from a delivery perspective, all of these are just as complicated, if not more complicated, than email service providers have to deal with, right? So it's easy to send an email via Gmail or, or, um, or Yahoo, but if you would like to do it in mass, it's fairly, it's fairly difficult, it's fairly complicated. That is why you see quite a few companies that are that have hundreds and maybe maybe couple of hundreds uh, hundred customers, but we have over two thousand customers. So that's now those volumes require some really strong engineering, and uh, it's not an easy problem to solve. Understood. Okay, so tell me about your top challenge. What is uh, what's keeping you up at night? So what's um, what's been keeping us and me particular um, up at night lately um, is this year seems to be the year where a lot of industries are changing and they're changing in very significant ways. So if you look at if you look at marketing, marketing is changing um, quite significantly because of the um, because of iOS fourteen and uh, Apple changing its rules. So a lot of industries um, or a lot of companies, including Facebook, they have to align. So that's one. Um, another very significant shift is um, um, Google is changing its algorithm in terms of how it uh, how it ranks the site, and no less and probably even more uh, impactful change is what's called the 10 DLC rules. So these are the rules that are coming into effect for the. Uh, for the carriers like Verizon and um, and T-Mobile and others that basically got together at some point and they decided that, well, we need to regulate just like email service providers uh, regulating the rules around sending emails. We need to regulate what happens when you're uh, starting to send text messages. So with the 10 DLC rules and 
and what's been uh, what's been um, what's been uh, built as a replacement for uh, shared short codes and and whatnot is coming into effect, and that throws the entire industry in it kind of uh, flips the entire industry on its head because there's just there's some significant changes and, and additional costs that are being put into effect with uh, with that what's called a 10 DLC agreement. Understood. Okay. Well, um, Sergey, uh, in your career, what do you consider uh, being the you know the biggest surprise? Um. I think what surprised me the most is as a technologist, I always thought that, well, you know, the technology is the end all be all. And if you take different approaches uh, to both architecture and technology, and it's just the best, best candidate will always win. And as it turns out, it could, uh, could not be further from the truth. Um, it always comes down to people as opposed to technology. So that, that always, that, that that came as an epiphany to me because as a as a young engineer, I always thought, well, you just present the best argument you possibly can, and from an implementation perspective, that that's just going to be the choice that uh, that's going to be made. But quite often, it comes down to people and culture and um, and implementation of a, of a particular team as opposed to a technology itself. All right. Well. Um... Perhaps um, over at your present company or in the past, how do you approach innovation and how do you uh, introduce it to some of these, uh, you know, startups to you know their markets or back in the uh, you know corporate world days? Uh, what is your uh, innovation philosophy? Um, innovation is a it's quite an interesting term. It gets it gets used and overused a lot in terms of what people understand what. Uh, what innovation means. Uh, quite often, it, it, uh, it came to um, you know it came to mean um, just introducing new technologies and introducing new ways of doing things. But what's important is to make sure that technology does not does not look like a problem that's looking for a solution. Right. Quite often, you see people including technologies just because it just looks sexy or it's going to attract. Um, it's going to attract investment from the VCs, or it's just it's not warranted. But people, but people still want it. So, from an in innovation perspective, you just need to make sure that there is a there is a real problem that's looking for a solution, as opposed to the other way around. An introduction of of new technologies and introduction of innovation, whatever that might be, the process you know, process of innovation, um, new products. Or new ways of doing things. It needs to be. It needs to be consistent. It needs to be aligned with the problem that you're trying to solve. Gotcha. Okay. And then maybe uh, I think we do have time for one, one last question. I want to be respectful of our Let's time. Let's do slot. it. Um, well, um, you know, throughout your career, you've obviously been been around in you know, multiple different industries and uh, companies. But I'd like to maybe focus on uh, giving us, you know. So some pieces of advice, right? Some of our listeners are obviously, you know, our peers, other CTOs, other tech executives, but also aspiring CTOs. Um, so, um, you know, if, if you had a, the room, you know, what would be, uh, you know, the maybe a couple of, uh, you know, points of advice you would give? One of the advice that I, I got early on um, uh, that uh, resonated with me throughout my career was, 
was was having data um, as a as a basis for opinion making. Um, quite often, the less the data, the louder the opinion. And you and you see people arguing about things to, that that there's very there's very little data. So trying to get more data that will speak for itself, I think, is it's the if that's what that's the advice that was given to me, and that's the advice that I would give to others, which is try to get more data. Try to Try to make sure that your decision-making process is based on solid data. So that's 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 one advice. The other advice is over time. I initially, early in my career, I thought that um, you know the compromise. So multiple parties are going to be arguing between multiple solutions, and uh, and and the compromise will emerge, right? But I I come to learn that the compromise doesn't mean what you think it means. Uh, compromise is just looking at multiple pieces of, uh, of different approaches and try to try to put it together. And the way I normally describe it is trying to come up with a compromise between, between an airplane and a submarine. There, the compromise between those two is really half an airplane, half a submarine, but that could neither dive nor fly, right? So that, to me, that's a bad compromise. And, and quite often the compromise has to be, well, we, we need to pick something, and we need to we need to give the implementer benefit of the doubt and just go with that approach. And if that doesn't work, we need to switch to something else. So I I, I try to avoid the, the words like compromise because compromise it implies taking taking some parts and taking the other parts and putting them together. And quite often that just doesn't work. So that's the that's the second advice. And the third advice is um, it's. Yeah, when you look at startup founders, everybody's super ambitious, but but startup is a team sport. You can't do it all on your own. It's just it just isn't possible. You need to, or it's it's unlikely with all the all the startup failures you see. It's uh, it quite often happens that uh, that if you if you're a single founder, it's very difficult to succeed. And the reason it is is because startup is not a it is a team sport. You need to have others, and you need to have support of others. And even if that means support of your family or your significant others, no, that still has to serve as a backbone for you building your career and building your company. That's great. That's great. I'll have you kind of came full circle. I really appreciate that, Sergey. I don't recall a single time I've asked you to uh, you know pitch into the community and that you have said no so I, I really appreciate you uh, always being open to uh, you know lending a hand and sharing some of the insights and I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully uh, you know gathering the group in person hopefully soon now that uh, we're all getting our shots and uh, hopefully we could go out soon and have a little fun. Margo, thank you so much for having me. I, I, I always love uh, to have a conversation with you and bring, bring value to the community. All right. Well, with that, we conclude uh, today's episode. Stay tuned for more guests uh, from uh, Orange County companies as we are uh, you know, inviting new CTOs to join the gang and uh, share uh, you know, some additional insights. So with that, we conclude today's episode. Thank you for listening and uh, stay safe out there.